Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I'm also Spartacus tonight. Yeah. You can be Spartacus. I, I too, am Spartacus. Our engineer will be our third uh, Spartacus. Mitt Romney can be Spartacus. Well, he can, you know. He's at least going to make the history books as the first senator in U.S. history to vote against his party in a impeachment show trial. <laughs> show trial is the word, and so what a show. What, that's, that's what that was. Talk about that a little bit later. I imagine you quickly mentioned the Kirk Douglas passing. Uh, well, it happened later in the week, so yeah, no, it's, it's uh, just a quick nod to that right now. Uh, obviously, a long career, a versatile, a wide range of roles. Uh, interesting to note uh, and worth uh, lingering over that Kirk Douglas was one of the uh, Hollywood celebrities who was able to use his clout to help uh, end the Hollywood blacklist. Uh Spartacus was the first film to put Dalton Trumbo's actual name on. He'd been writing under fake names for several years. And, of course, uh, Dick and I are both uh, huge Stanley Kubrick fans. Uh, Kirk Douglas gave uh, some early support to Kubrick uh, that really helped him establish his independence as a major artist himself. Yeah, and then as uh, important as Spartacus is as a movie and a sort of uh, history of Hollywood event... Um, I always preferred Paths of Glory. I think Paths That's of Glory. That's the better film, I think, yeah. yeah I just like it better, but it's a great anti-war movie. Ace in the Hole is also a film uh, well worth seeing, uh, still quite relevant about um, media feeding frenzies and uh, cynical uh, use and abuse of the news. Billy Wilder film with Kirk Douglas. Yeah, we have uh, plenty of that <laughs> going around. It's, uh, it's worse than the... What a strange Coro week. Coronavirus. Strange. This is like the strangest this last week. I mean, Monday, final arguments in impeachment trial. Tuesday, the State of the Union. And uh, if that's what we can continue to call that. Wednesday, the final votes on impeachment. Uh, Thursday, that bizarre dear leader uh, conference at the White House. Friday, the vengeful firings. Susan Collins was convinced in her heart that Donald Trump would learn a lesson. What the hell are you smoking, Susan Collins? This well, guy yeah. learns no lessons, and she apparently urged him, no, don't fire Sondland. That'll look bad. You look bad, Susan Collins. Well, and Sondland, from the beginning in this whole... He's on his way out anyway. Uranian... Uranian. Should be called the Uranian caper. Um... <laughs> We should remember, by the way, that the Ukraine did possess nuclear weapons uh, during the Cold War, and they actually gave them up yeah. after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Let's also remember that Chernobyl is in the Ukraine. Um, but, uh, yeah, the you know, he was the ambassador to the EU, and obviously they took advantage of his uh, desire to be kind of a bootlicker and an ass kicker and <laughs> team player not really kind of in over his head and a team player and uh you know he gave devastating uh confirmation of the basic story and of course aspects of the story keep coming out um i don't think that the cover-up is going to work 
uh, forever, but it's reassuring that William Barr is now in charge of all future political investigations. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's really reassuring. <laughs> Uh, amazing. He's uh, the most dangerous man in America. Well, he's right now, the one they ought to impeach. Indeed. Uh, there are, I mean, Rudy Giuliani is currently under investigation by the Southern District of New York for a, a, a wide range of fraud and uh, financial crimes. And, of course, today he, in his news conference, he said that we're going to look at the Giuliani material. Uh, of course, we'll treat some of it with a grain of salt because it's from the Ukraine, but... He somehow has suddenly decided that Rudy Giuliani's uh, mission in the Ukraine is uh, worthy of something. And, of course, this has hurt Joe Biden. You know, there's no question about that. Um, I personally thought Joe Biden should have voluntarily testified to the uh, House Intelligence Committee many months ago to straighten this out, straighten out his role, because, of course, allegations and uh, accusations— are rife, and uh, this is how Donald Trump operates. Uh, he, of course, um, with the State of the Union, if you want to call it that, kind of ruined the week himself with his incredibly tone-deaf appearance at the uh, National Prayer Breakfast meeting of... Uh, religious leaders in Washington. This was on Thursday. And then he had this utterly bizarre rambling. Well, he didn't know what to call it. He called it a celebration. <laughs> his 62-minute uh, introduction of the House Intelligence Committee and his patting on the back of the likes of Louis Gohmert and Jim Jordan and well, and A.G. Barr sat front uh, front row center, you know, laughing and yucking it up uh, throughout that whole. North Korean style, um, yay, we love you so much, which, of course, was folded into the uh, attempted entertainment package that was the, I guess Nancy Pelosi called it the state of his mind address, yeah. which is probably more accurate. And, um, yeah, I'm, I don't care that she ripped up the speech. Trump uh, destroys uh, records and the, notes all the time, sure. which, of course, the uh, Government Documents Act uh, prohibits. Uh, he has destroyed a number of documents, so they better not bark up that tree too far, although they certainly have a, a pliant bunch uh, in the Senate there. And, of course, his tone during the State of the Union speech, which I missed, fortunately— uh, 90% of I tuned in uh, at the at, after Del Valerio's sh show was over on Tuesday night. Good to anecdote, by the way, to just not deal with Trump if he speaks on national television well, for an and, you hour know, let's, let's on be, Tuesdays. <laughs> let's be honest. The State of the Union is usually not that great of a speech. No. It's not that big of a deal. It's a chance for the president to boast about some accomplishments and to suggest possible paths that might be pursued in the future. Uh, you know, a president like Bill Clinton, whose State of the Union addresses went on and on. I mean, he was a good speaker, but they were long. And ultimately, too long. It's, it's a lot of window dressing. So the fact that Trump turned this into a cartoon show. Uh, with Rush with, Limbaugh. The Rush Limbaugh thing is absurd and <laughs> offensive on its face. I mean, <laughs> you look at the past recipients of the award, it's like this is a real punch in the throat. 
Uh, Rush Limbaugh is as straight up racist as they come. And his, oh, what me? His feigned surprise. You know, oh, you're the special guest of honor. But guess what? We have a special prize for you, too. You're tonight's winner. Right. And, uh, and of course, oh, he, what me? It's like, are he, you kidding me? He had made the announcement the day before, so it was all fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah. Uh, Rush Limbaugh is sort of unabashed. Uh, demagogue and racist. Uh, yeah, and, and somebody once said that if you, if you get involved with Trump, you will get soiled. <laughs> so, <laughs> Congressional uh, Medals of Honor uh, should not be passed out like dog biscuits, uh, the way Trump has done uh, throughout his presidency. Uh, very alarming stuff, inappropriate. Uh, it's interesting that, of course, he was given the award that Melania conveniently had in her in her purse. Uh, but the Tuskegee Airmen was not. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know. And, in a nutshell. And the stunt with the soldier from Afghanistan and all that. Yeah, it, it was a little uh, overbearing. And, of course, the House Republicans chanting four more years <laughs> at a State of the Union. I mean, what is this? Nazi Germany? That's what I mean, North Korea <laughs> style. Dear leader, you are wise and gracious. Protect us with your favorable malevolence. It's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, most of Trump's claims, of course, were exaggerated or completely false. Uh, obviously, the details of trade agreements and that sort of thing can be discussed at a later date. But I would just like to point out that uh, Canada has not yet signed the amended free trade agreement. Uh, so it hasn't gone into effect yet. Uh, I don't, you know, Nancy Pelosi, when they passed the bill and sent it up to Mitch McConnell, where it sat for gosh knows how long, they eventually did pass the bill a couple of weeks ago, uh, with a rather large margin. But it was, it was interesting to, to note that Nancy Pelosi said, I don't think the president realizes what he signed today. <laughs> and, um, uh, the, the it was actually kind of written by the AFL-CIO and uh, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, the senator from Ohio. He actually was quoted as saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm shocked that I'm agreeing to a bill, but since I wrote most of it, <laughs> here, here, I'll put it up for submission. And, of course... Only the most liberal Democratic senators voted no. Uh, they were all from the Northeast, by the way, uh, except Kamala Harris. Uh, and uh, Pat Toomey, the uh, Club for Growth representative of the <laughs> U.S. Senate, a Republican, uh, also voted no, complaining about the contents of the deal. Uh, but it hasn't yet actually gone into effect that will take a while. And be honest with you, I think it's more like the Mexican Manufacturing Job Creation Act, uh, if you look at the fine print. Um, well, other nonsense. And, of course, one of the most interesting things of the week, I thought, was a story about the fact that uh, Iraqi intelligence has uh, concluded that ISIS was behind the attack on the um, military base that Trump and Pompeo used to justify the assassination of Soleimani. You mean these, uh, the base in Saudi Arabia? 
the the base in uh, Iraq. Okay. Um, so stay tuned to that. Uh, that may not be uh, necessarily true, but they pointed out that uh, Iran has no uh, presence in that area of Iraq. And they ought to know. <laughs> You'd think. They're kind of a client state of Iran in reality. That is the effect of the Iraq war. Uh, Donald Trump claims he's rebuilt the military. Uh, baloney. <laughs> military spending has gone up considerably under Donald Trump, but uh, the military has not been rebuilt. Uh, they're using weapons that they purchased many years it's ago and developed. It's always been very well funded. Too I mean, well funded. Come on, too well funded indeed. In fact, that I think is one of the great uh, defects of the Democratic uh, campaign so far. They're not talking enough about war. I, I, Elizabeth Warren actually has talked about this quite a bit, but um, well, that's money to reallocate to pay for the kinds of things that the country truly needs, like infrastructure development, uh, better uh, education facilities, and uh, which is part of her platform. And it's interesting that she's got the position of getting out of the Middle East altogether. Um, but anyway, and then of course there's the flow. Uh, that's been in the news quite a bit, and well, let's just linger over that for a moment. Uh, the early uh, view from uh, Trump's man with a plan, uh, Wilbur Ross, was that oh, all these Chinese people will be sick, and the U.S. will surge ahead in manufacturing. Shows how little he understands about the global economy. Indeed, we haven't yet seen the full degree to which uh, our economy will be affected and will slow down as parts uh, cease to become available for a while. I don't know what you know the prognosis in China is for getting back up to full steam uh, with the export of uh, parts that are used for all sorts of manufacturing here and around the world, but uh, there will be a lag on that. A lag. And, you know, it's interesting that even today's Wall Street Journal uh, noted that last year's imports from China went down $59 billion, and America's imports went down something like $42 billion. So the effect of the trade war is actually reducing trade. Uh, Donald Trump might actually deserve a, uh, a greenhouse gas award for reducing trade. <laughs> that may be one of the, you know, and of course there's... There, there, there is a snowball effect on all sorts of things. The airline industry is yep. uh, uh, their stock prices are declining because global travel has gone way down for obvious reasons. Oil consumption has uh, been affected. They estimate by about a billion, a million barrels of oil a day. Uh, you know, so there will be an impact of it. Uh, but let's also remember, and this, of course, is courtesy of a. Harper's Index item that I that it's reprinted in the Funny Times from a year ago says the average number of Americans who died from the flu each year between 2010 and 2017 36,714. So that's over a seven-year period. That's uh, well over 200,000 people. And then it notes the number who died from the flu last year, 79. Thousand four hundred, so there was a big jump in flu deaths in 2018 here in the United States. Who dies from the flu? 
uh, people that have uh, compromised immune systems, the elderly, children, this sort of thing. And when you read that Donald Trump had recently proposed cutting the CDC budget Mm. by 25%, I don't know what the new figures are today, that funding, by the way, was restored by Congress. But this, this gives you an idea of the parsimoniousness of Donald Trump and the misplaced priorities of uh, our dear leader. <laughs> Get used to saying that. <laughs> uh, and shout out the number 17 whenever and wherever possible. Uh, as for the deficit, it's exploded. That's what's booming in America. There is yeah. no uh, manufacturing blue-collar boom, as Trump claims. Uh, just a week ago, they gave an initial, and by the way, this is initial, uh, report on growth uh, from the last quarter. It was 2.1, which meant that the growth for the year was about 2.2, 2.3. There were three quarters in a row, by the way, where it was just around 2 uh, percent. And those initial um, reports can often be modified downward uh, at a later date. Uh, so, for instance, the Boeing problems uh, is, is one palpable Yeah, that's uh, unresolved as of yet. And the, uh, what, the 737 MAX mm-hmm. has been... Uh, Still grounded. Temporarily grounded and maybe permanently grounded. There are some real questions about its entire design. This is not just a software glitch. There seem to be some other uh, air crashes involving Boeing planes that... Uh, they're beginning to look into now because this is this problems with self-regulating industry. Mm-hmm. The fact that you really don't have this is not capitalism. This is state-sponsored crony capitalism. And of course, the EU supports Airbus. We support Boeing. Uh, China, by the way, as part of their free trade escape clause, uh, can claim act of God <laughs> when they don't fulfill these uh, commitments to two hundred. A billion dollars in sales over a two-year period. And because Boeing is going to be unable to fill all these contracts, is China to blame for the fact that Boeing can't produce these airplanes? No. A major manufacturing facility in Wichita, Kansas. And I want to emphasize Kansas. Uh, Donald Trump seemed to have been kind of confused about where Kansas City is. Of course, there is a Kansas City, Kansas. But... (laughs) The major part of the city is uh, is in Missouri. Um, and how interesting that he was caught on camera uh, during the Star-Spangled Banner uh, before the Super Bowl, conducting the orchestra, talking to his mates, while Melania and uh, Barron apparently were standing at attention with their hands over their hearts. So that's, I mean, this is the guy that went yeah. on for two football seasons about respecting the national anthem. <laughs> so the bl- the band played on while Donald Trump conducted the imaginary band and his... You orange- know, he will continue to provide, and this is something we can talk about in greater uh, length uh, as the primary season, you know, rolls on. But Donald Trump is good for a negative attack ad a week as far as just the images and the language that he generates himself. Yeah. All you have to do is get the clip of that little shenanigan. And, you know, I grew up going to Catholic school. The nun would have come up and smacked you on the back of the head if you were 
goofing around like that during the national anthem. And uh, why didn't somebody do that to the president? Hey, you, come on. Snap out of it. Well, his private viewing party apparently at Mar-a-Lago uh, were too interested in their uh, hors d'oeuvres and martinis or whatever they were imbibing that particular night. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, by the way, stated that she thought Donald Trump had been sedated during the State of the yeah. Union. Um, and I think if you listen to the sound of his voice <laughs> the next day, <laughs> he might have been sedated. <laughs> Or <laughs> something very odd about the sound of his voice one day later for a while. Um, you know, that... <clears throat> he's not a well man, let's be blunt. I mean, he's... And, and that continues to be one of the... He's not a well orange man, you know. <laughs> right. Well, the, you know, the recent pictures with the hair blown up and the circle of white around the... It's his like somebody eyes, grabs yeah. him by the ears and slams him into the orange goo plate every morning. But... The continued beastliness of the man is really beggars my understanding of what's to like, what's to approve. Who, who, who is it who likes this guy? How is he going to change? That's my question. I, <laughs> Susan I Collins. Susan Collins can change him. <laughs> what were you thinking? Cory Gardner can change him. And of course, the white circles around his eyes are from the John Boehner suntan lamp. Uh, you know, it's mm, known that yeah. people wear goggles. Uh, so his, uh, <laughs> he looks a little bit like a Rocky Raccoon, <laughs> the orange version, only to find Gideon's Bible and all that. But <laughs> yeah, or some kind of rotten pumpkin. Now, but, uh, of course, the other big fiasco or interesting thing of the week regarding hysteria, I might add, was were the Iowa caucuses. Um. I don't know what all the excitement is about. Look, the Democrats have always, and the Republicans, by the way, in 2012, just for the historical record, not only didn't count the votes right, they actually named the wrong winner on election night. <laughs> that was corrected two weeks later. Uh, Out of Iowa? Yeah. So the Rick, caucus system Rick clunky. actually won <laughs> the caucuses that night. So he was deprived of his little victory parade. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah, the whole system is is uh, got to go into the ash bin of history. And all the hand-wringing about... Two delegates. The Who is the leader at this early stage? Iowa and New Hampshire are neither one of them particularly representative of the broader electorate. And it's early days yet to get too worried or nervous about who's surging ahead because uh, I think South Carolina is going to be a lot more revealing. It will. And let's remember that, that, uh, we, you know, we really had five candidates get delegates here. Um, the big winner probably was Bloomberg because he didn't have to participate in the, uh, fiasco. Um, but you know, the different Bernie Sanders only got 26.2% of the vote. He got 49%. In 2016, mm. you can interpret the results in many, many ways. He spent $10 million in Iowa, by the way, uh, more than twice as much as Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden and, and uh, Elizabeth Warren got about what the polls said they would. You know, they went up a point here and there. Klobuchar had a little bit of a uh, a bump, but she still finished fifth. And she was able, because of the chaos 
to just make a statement. Well, we pulled over our our weight, and it's on to New Hampshire. <laughs> so normally the media would be asking her if she can continue in the race. Of course, she had qualified for the debates. Mm-hmm. So her kind of last stand, I do believe, is the debates, uh, her debate performance, and what will happen tomorrow night. But tomorrow night is going to be another wash, I think. I think Bernie Sanders will win New Hampshire. He should. He's what's known as a favorite son. But I think that once again, as I pointed out last week, the really interesting question is who finishes fourth and who finishes fifth? Bloomberg is not in this thing until Super Tuesday. Right. And he's playing the air game. when uh, exactly? It's three weeks away. Yeah. And on March 4th, 40% of the delegates are going to be counted. This was a big, much ado about nothing regarding 41 delegates Mm -hmm. in the state of Iowa. Uh, New Hampshire, by the way, has even less delegates at stake. So if Bernie Sanders wins, um, say he gets a third of the vote, big deal. His margin of lead on Elizabeth Warren, for instance, is minuscule. (laughs) It takes 1,900 delegates to win. I mean, this is like a baseball season. Many teams that win the World Series lost their home opener or lost the season opener. Uh, Many factors could have contributed to why there was a loss. Uh, You know, the weather wasn't particularly good. Bernie Sanders' people, by the way, are the ones that created this crazy counting system. Four different ways of counting votes. What kind of nonsense is that? You know, using an app. Yeah. I'm sorry, but... Hello, people. Right. Why make it more complicated? Why make it more vulnerable? Yeah. It's it's not that big of a deal to do it all with a simple in-house paper system. It might take longer, well, but ultimately it's going to be more accurate and less uh, more tamper-resistant as well. Well, and there was a caucus in the caucuses. I mean, yeah. that was amusing to hear the uh, the foreigners that live in... Tbilisi, Georgia, having a caucus in a guy's apartment, three people showed up. So no no matter who voted for who, uh, they met the threshold. Yeah. (laughs) This 15% thing. And you can also see how that would create all kinds of difficulties. Say a husband and wife will just make up an example. One's for Bernie. One's for Elizabeth Warren. Bernie's viable. Elizabeth Warren's not viable. Now, what's the wife going to do? Is she going to go join Buttigieg to sabotage Bernie? Or is she going to say, hmm, my marriage might be on the line here. (laughs) I don't think it's worth it to go over and join the Buttigieg column. On the other hand, you could see how with the strategic sabotage of other candidates, people might have gone to the, quote, second choice that really wasn't their second choice. Well, and strategic. You know, maneuvering. It, it must be mentioned also that there has already been signs of not just potential for uh, Russian and Chinese uh, intelligence sabotage of elements of the campaign process, but the good old Republican dirty tricks involved in robocalls to uh, phone lines that are designed to provide uh, rides to polling sites for senior citizens phone jamming slammed by uh, phone jamming operations run by republicans so uh they just can't run without the dirty tricks we've been told that we have one minute left in the program and i just wanted to mention real quickly 
Obviously, there's more, much more to say about it, but a lot of people were sort of filled with despair over the failure of the Senate to uh, vote to remove. I think you and I talked openly for months before that the votes were never going to be there to remove. Never. I was personally hoping for some sort of Claude Rains in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington moment where one senator would have a, no, God, how can I be this you know, complacent in the face of such obvious uh, corruption. Mitt Romney was the only guy to do that, and we can talk more about him at another time. But uh, And then he of, was trashed by Trump at the exactly. National Prayer and Breakfast. It was a very moving thing that he said, and yeah. uh, he was right. He took his oath to God seriously, and uh, he shamed and disgraced uh, his uh, party members who were able to just sort of push that off to the side. That will come back to haunt them. And I do want to remind people that sometimes you have to flush 10 to 15 times to get these things to go down. Well, and of course, with Trump, the reason that the toilets don't work very well for him is he's so full of crapola. <laughs> we are uh, out of time. Thanks to Tex. Down here on Gray Matters, our engineer this evening has been Tex, don't call me Spartacus. Uh, so do stay tuned to Yazoo City Calling coming up next on this fine station, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Synchro! Synchro system! Synchro system! Hello, my name is King Sonny Adi, the leader of the African Beat, all the way from Africa. Whenever I'm in Michigan, I used to listen to WCBN-FM. 88.3 and up. Keep on listening, enjoy yourself. America. Put corn in your ears. This is a cornball culture, and we need to face the music. Thursday nights at 7, our Wolf Arf and a cast of thousands conduct a never-ending search for alternative national anthems. Embrace the corn. Face the music. Thursday night at 7 on Radio Free Ann Arbor, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 on the extreme left of your dial. Thank you.